the creators of Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, February 21st, 2014, and this is the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. I can attest for how fast and easy it is because two weekends ago, I had a little bit of downtime, and I built, using Squarespace, I built an all-new relevantmediagroup.com. Which looks fantastic. It looks amazing. It looks great. And... Totally responsive, like really it cool. looks good on mobile. It's wonderful, and it was super fast and easy. Literally, I on Saturday built a totally new website. You really did that whole thing on Squarespace? Yeah, it's Squarespace. Really? Yeah. So Mar- that, that sounded like a, a bit like, oh, really, Squarespace? Well, yeah, no, was just, it was yeah. great. Mark, that was, that, that, yeah, that was legitimate yeah. surprise. Yeah. Mark, uh, <laughs> Mark shot the photos, and I, a non-designer using Squarespace, built our new corporate website. So yeah. there you go. Check it out. Um, it's easy to use. Uh, you just select a template. You start a free trial and get a free domain. And just like that, you're up and running. They take care of everything else. It starts at just 8 bucks a month and includes a domain name if you sign up for a year. For a free trial, go to squarespace.com. You don't need a credit card. You just start going. And if you decide to purchase, use offer code RELEVANT, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. I use the promo code. They've changed it. You don't have to use the uh, like relevant two, relevant three anymore. Just relevant. Just straight up relevant now. Yep. Easy easy to remember. Wow, it's really the end of an era. Yep. <laughs> I was so pumped <laughs> up. Round and third on relevant three where it's about to happen. Yeah, <laughs> nope. Not anymore. Just relevant. So sites that use Squarespace other than relevantmediagroup.com, HBO, uh, Target, Sony, Foursquare, TEDx, Cisco, Michael Kors. All Squarespace sites. Yeah. Here with me in our Orlando studios. Eddie, new podcast, Eddie Coffin. Good to see you guys. On the, on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. On the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, the John Acuff of podcasting, John Acuff. <laughs> May, I'm here. I'm ready. And over there on the ones and twos, our, our illustrious producer, the birthday boy, yeah. Chad Michael Snape. Hello, friends. Thanks Very for the love, everyone. Happy birthday, man. It was a great day for me. Congratulations oh, on not dying in the last I'm year. I'm 34. I outlived Jesus. I'm really <laughs> happy about that. You one. two are like a week apart from each other? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's yeah. just been a crazy party. Yeah, we're, um, we're the same exact just, age. Like, just a week-long rager, so yeah. we're in 34 years of Ra- these two days. Rager or raver? In Virginia, it's ravers. The, the you got ragers. A, you got the a year coming up. <laughs> yeah, did, you guys did a rave for your birthday parties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you, so, I do have a big year. I, I'm going to have a child this year, so it's going to be a good year for me. Now that he cleared the Jesus age hurdle, yeah. right. he's, he's going okay like, to have fully kids. engaging <laughs> life. He's going to have kids. Yeah. Seven kids by the time I'm 36. Just he had to get past that hurdle. He's like, right. you got to hold it in. Hold yeah. it in. Hold it in until, okay, I cleared the barrier. I'm older than Jesus. Let's do it. Let's, Let's go. have it. Yeah. All right. We have a great show for you coming up later. We talked to one of our favorite artists. Rappers, Shad. Oh, I love this guy. Canadian. He's a Canadian to all our Canadian listeners. He's a Canadian rapper and he's good. Uh, Shad. <laughs> that sounded like a clarification. Yeah. Like, hey, don't worry. <laughs> just because he's a Canadian rapper doesn't like, mean he's terrible. There's some great hip hop in Canada. No kidding. And not just like Drake, but like Chaos and Shad. And I mean, there's, there's yeah. a scene up there. Uh, the Weeknd is from right. Toronto. I mean, Nickelback, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so Shad's coming up later. And we also, you might have heard last week's show, we launched a new uh, video podcast, a Q&A, a live Q&A with uh, different interesting people. Well, we're going to bring you part of the conversation with this week's edition of that show uh, with Don Miller. So uh, we have uh, a little bit of our Don Miller interview coming yeah. up later. So there you go. He's all, people are talking about Don Miller right yeah. now. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's got he's, he's got some interesting things to say over on his blog, and plenty of time on Sunday to write now. Apparently, so. yeah. and you know, you know, <laughs> Jesse, you know, where else he had interesting things to say on our interview with him, which comes up later. Oh, can't wait to hear it. Yeah, you don't need to like stop playing the podcast to go read his blog. You can just listen. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. You said he has some inter- people are talking about it. I'm saying. That blog post got a lot of a lot of attention. Where he said he 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 expressed his thoughts about the need to go to church regularly, or or the lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jesse, you were eating a cheese stick before the show. Can you talk more about that? <laughs> <laughs> I just, Eddie, I tend to save that kind of stuff for off the air. If, if Jesse sounds a little like I don't know, like all kind of stone, lethargic, lethargic. I don't know mono- if that is it monotone. because I eat a lot of these cheese sticks like on the reg. So, now what kind of cheese stick was it? And help me understand it. You really want to talk about this? <laughs> It was Pepper Jack, and it was delicious. <laughs> sometimes I eat crack pepper, sometimes I go Pepper Jack. Do you peel it, or do you eat it like a sociopath? <laughs> oh, no. I just, there's no peeling involved for me. What? Oh. That's the whole design. It's, it's, especially with the Pepper Jack, it's, it's really a, a futile exercise. Because, you know? of the, because of the pepper chunks? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the, 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 it doesn't <laughs> peel right. You, you, just, you just, you know, bite it like a... Like a candy bar. But, this, no. this exact conversation is why we edit this podcast. Last week, what listeners don't know is we, in the first segment, en- found ourselves engaged in a 12-minute conversation about carrots, <laughs> which... We, we, we missed out on a lot of interesting carrot facts, though. <laughs> we did, but the few, the few fleeting you- seconds of interesting carrot facts was not worth having to wade through 12 I, minutes. I, I, to be fair here, I, Eddie asked me about this. Yeah. He was interested. And Cameron, you're the captain of the ship, so I'm not trying to mess things up, but I think it was a mistake not to add in 12 minutes. Did, did of you guys talk. think that carrots were like the falcon of vegetables when you entered it? <laughs> right? and- yeah, falcon talk didn't get cut. I guess yeah, that's because it's amazing. <laughs> right? yeah. Carrot talk is it's a, good grief because it's Fair a majestic point. bird of prey that everyone's interested in. Yeah, whereas a carrot is just, I mean, it's like an orange piece of celery. It's a, so <laughs> at the at the other end of the food spectrum last week. Everybody was delighted to hear Almost. the return of Candy Talk. Can I yeah. say my, my favorite thing on Twitter, though, that was said about Candy Talk? What? It was Emil. He said, uh, Candy Talk experienced a bit of a sophomore slump, but still looking forward to the Easter show. That <laughs> 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 killed me. I was like, we're talking about candy. I don't know that it ever got good to get bad. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is pretty much all of it is. You know? so, I, I mean, this is all you can hope for. I know. It's so I didn't. Okay, so I didn't hear the first Candy Talk because I was on sabbatical, but I heard, you know, obviously last week's, and I had a smile on my face the whole time. I thought it was the perfect homage to the actual, like, <laughs> podcast format. Jesse, you did a great job hosting. Oh, I thought you. it was funny. Um, so before I heard it, I asked Chad, I go, hey, how, how did Candy Talk turn out? And he, and he kind of looked at me and he goes... Let's just say less is more. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, and he goes, very diplomatic. Yeah. And he goes, uh, just wait till I'm done editing it. Well, and so the edited version was great. It was magic. Yeah. I liked yeah. it a lot. Well, so, uh, as a lot of things with the podcast, Chad works his magic and yeah. salvages. Yeah. You know, f- finds, you know, 
50 usable minutes out of, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I two was, hours worth of recording. I was, when I left it, I was like, oh, well, that's the end of Candy Dog. It was a funny <laughs> joke. And then I heard it, I was like, Chad, good job. Easter edition. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. He made it listenable. Yeah. So, Live to see another day. Birthday boy magic. <laughs> so if you want to hear the rest of his magic, keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> Although you didn't hear anything we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, we're 12 seconds in right now. <laughs> I'm Eddie Koffeltz. <laughs> It's time for entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February 25th. Beck is coming out with Morning Phase. Beck, which Tyler has been tweeting about Beck like as relevant from relevant. Like like we're, like we the brand are excited about this. Are we excited about this? I, I, I think you have. I've heard you talk negatively about Beck before. I liked Beck in 2000 when I liked Fat Boy Slim and other bands from 2000. <laughs> I mean, why are we still talking about Beck? Right. I wouldn't say. Uh, well, right. well Beck kind of threw Fat Boy Slim under that. That's a double bus right there. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. I, I feel like history will remember Beck. You know, with with more credibility than it will Fat Boy Slim. Beck's put out some really great albums, and he's putting out two albums this year. One of them, is, the second album that he's putting out, is a collaboration with Pharrell, which should be interesting. The thing that I I keep warning Tyler about is like if relevant because like because like we were talking about like our monkeys in an editorial meeting yesterday, and it's like you know he was like man their their new album is great and stuff, and I'm like. It almost doesn't matter if their new album is great because the perception, like in a magazine, of Arctic Monkeys is 2003. And so, like, I was like, if we keep, I said, Tyler, here's the thing that you need to be very aware of and we need to be aware of as a brand. People who listen to classic rock radio stations don't think that it's classic rock radio. You know what I mean? They, to them, that's just the rock they still like. And so, like, if we're covering Beck, and Arctic Monkeys and you know Fat Boy but, but, Slim, but you don't you don't think a Beck Pharrell collaboration is newsworthy? Here's the thing I would like to say though: isn't there kind of I don't know if it's a relevance responsibility, but like there are a lot of bands that have like resurgences that have like that are still putting out great music. Shouldn't it stand just on the music? Like my favorite example, and you're going to goof on this, is you know that band Chumbawamba? They were a joke. Yeah, right? they came out with an album in 2008 called The Boy Bands Have Won that was like beautiful and amazing, and they changed their whole band and like nobody ever listened to the album because it was Jumbawumba. So well, they got knocked down and they did get back up. They got back up again. <laughs> that's, good. that's what you're Freaking saying. Chad. Career. So here's, here's the problem though from a, a magazine perspective is like perception. So it's like I, I don't want to read about that band that I've already been there, done that. People are more interested in kind of what's yeah. happening now. So last year we did put Vampire Weekend on the cover. Vampire oh, right. Weekend would fall right into this slot. That's right. But they have a new album that came out last year that had compelling spiritual content. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a total evolution for them, both uh, with content and stylistically. And and we felt it was a compelling conversation to have. So it's like, but we just got to pick our pick our spots because if if we go from like Vampire Weekend to Arctic Monkeys to back, like it just sounds like we. Don't know that there's music being made in the last decade. You yeah. know what I mean? I wouldn't say I'm excited to hear Beck's new album, but I'd say that I'm interested in hearing it. I'm curious sure. to hear what he's been. He has up your to. curiosity because yeah. you're in your mid 30s. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, also coming out, music releases on the 25th. Low Fang with Blue Film. Uh, Saint Vincent is coming out with Saint Vincent. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. And Yellow Ostrich is coming out with Cosmos. Movie releases coming out Friday the 28th, the last day of the month. Uh, non-stop, the Liam Neeson movie, Julianne Moore. Taken 3. 
Yeah, do you think he's on the flight to yeah go rescue his daughter and <laughs> wife? You're not going to believe this. It's happened again. <laughs> I'm going back to Yugoslavia a third time. <laughs> they give away the movie in the preview, though, or in the in the trailer. Or yeah. it's, they, or it's they like tell a, who the bad guy is? It, it, yeah. If the bad guy is an out-of-shape dude in a tracksuit who, like, just visually, Liam Neeson far outmatches, like the end of Taken 2, I'm going to be very disappointed. Uh, also coming out, Repentance with Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker is in the current issue of Relevant. Uh, so you could yeah. you could read up on him to appreciate this movie more. So like on the way to the movie theater, you could be reading the iPad edition. That's uh, and also coming out, Son of God, starring Jesus. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Roma who's, Downey. Who's younger than me, yeah. I'd like to add. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Roma Downey, Mark Burnett uh, produced uh, film. Speaking of them, Son they're going to be on the podcast pretty soon. Probably an interview somewhere around the 28th. No yep. way. That's cool. Yep. They're they're great. They really do love Jesus. I was really I didn't know that. I just assumed they loved having people survive things. Yeah. <laughs> as much as I like the Bible series, we, I think we can all agree that Shark Tank is their finest accomplishment. Yes. They did Shark Tank. Yeah. yeah. He's done, oh. He does the voice. He's up for I I don't. He may be up for the Oscars Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> oh, man. Shark- I mean, the only other people that have won that was Dean Cain for his work with Ripley's Believe It or Not, the TV show. <laughs> and I think it was Mikey Tuttle from American Chopper. I'll have to check, but... Uh, yeah. It's a it's prestigious company. Is Are they thinking about doing some drop-in, like on the Oscars drop is? Is that... Who, Roma Downey and Mark Burnett? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be amazing if they presented <laughs> an award. If he, what if he presented his own lifetime achievement? <laughs> yeah, talks, talks about himself, and then accepts it, and then talks about He has himself. to say a few words about Dean Kane, then receives his award. Right. Oh my goodness, that'd be amazing. Either that or we get <laughs> we get Dean Kane to present. People who haven't heard the last couple episodes or know what Oscars.biz is is it's our our annual and it's coming up the nomination show is next week yeah, and then next week. the the award show will be the week after. It's our annual award show uh folk that that shines a spotlight on uh non-competition based <laughs> wait, what is it? Non-celebrity or competition-based reality TV show program. Yeah, we also added some internet memes in last year. We'll, we'll, the jury's still out if they're going to be in this year. They, they had a so-so reception. I'm trying to get the show to to be progressive. Yeah, you know, like let it evolve with the technology. So, so yeah, we'll we see. don't want this to be like Beck or right. or <laughs> Pharrell. This is really when we just watch Jesse Shine, isn't it? Yeah, I, feel like I wouldn't want to curse the Oscars.biz by comparing them to Pharrell. <laughs> <laughs> although, although he may be nominated for his hat for accessory. The Oscars.biz. Um, is Ooh. the Fat Boy Slim of the awards show circuit? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, anyway, Son of God, Mark Burnett, uh, Roma Downey, go go uh, check it out. February twenty eighth. All right, that'll do it for entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, slices. You're listening to Quiet Science. The song is Splendor. It's from their upcoming album. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Mike Maines and the branches with noises. I would think that the branches are primarily the part that make the noises. Like if it's winter. 
No? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's from the new I album. I think it's the leaves themselves that... They know. could have chimes. You guys are really kind of missing that market. Oh, that's, yeah. that's true. If, man, if these branches had like noise, like chimes hanging from them, that's a lot of noises, which I is the new album. Thought, I wish they had thought this through before naming themselves. Well, it's from their new album, Calm Down, Everything is Fine, which is streaming right now on The Drop at com. So if you want to go hear more of the, the chimes and <laughs> rustling of the leaves and branches. That's all it is. Mike Maines and the Branches, streaming right now at The Drop, for real. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Um, okay, so some of you may have seen uh, this headline floating around. It ran in Variety, uh, and it's got some attention. In, in um, Variety is the the entertainment industry uh, magazine that's somewhat influential. It's 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 like the Pharrell of of entertainment <laughs> magazines. It's, um, all, it's all I read. All my yeah. news comes from Variety. <laughs> um, the okay, so the, the headline was survey. Faith-driven consumers dissatisfied with Noah, Hollywood, comma, Hollywood religious picks. Um, and it went on, uh, when like the metadata on it, if you shared it like on Facebook, it said that 98% of faith-driven consumers are dissatisfied with the Noah movie. Um, now, this seemed like an interesting headline to me because the Noah movie doesn't come out for another 40 days. So, so I started reading uh, uh, the article to try to understand, you know, how it, uh, it it came upon this stat of 98% of these faith-driven consumers are, are already not satisfied with a movie that isn't even out yet. I was thinking, you know, maybe they interviewed, like, test screening audience who saw an early version of the film, which, to be fair, has had some controversial feedback because of uh, some environmental themes and uh, um, direction that they took the character. Noah, some audiences thought it was a little dark. But it turns out the survey is a single question on the website of the organization called Faith Driven Consumer. Uh, And so here is the survey question. Uh, that 98% uh, said they're not satisfied with the movie. Here's a question. As a faith-driven consumer, are you satisfied with a biblically-themed movie designed to appeal to you, which replaces the Bible's core message with one created by Hollywood? Ooh. <laughs> oh, great question. I was, I, was up, I was with it until that very last second. Man. Yeah. To- total, absolutely a fair question. I mean, not we, leading at all. Yeah. Right? They say and say yes. Say no if you hate Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. The two percent that said yes are basically like there's a huge problem with them. They're like, no, actually, I'm totally good with that. I, yeah, I, it's I, like if you if you click that that you're you you are you are satisfied. You get like, are you sure about that? Yeah. And it's like flames coming up. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but with this, this isn't just you know kind of. Looking at numbers that that may tell you one or that could tell you multiple things. Uh, this is a directly leading question meant to malign a movie that no one has even seen yet, uh, other than a handful of test audiences. I do like and, though, Jesse, that you mentioned part of the feedback's been that it's been seen as dark. And I'd also like to point out uh, every human except a handful died. Yeah, right. um, so. except for a handful on a boat die. Yeah, so um, just just so we're clear, um, yeah. I, what do we, it's like? What are we expecting from this movie? I mean, well, basically, thought it would be positive, like they were happy to drown. Yeah, well, it's like they, they expected it like the like the children, like the kids' books. Thanks for know? resetting Earth. See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't part of the reset. <laughs> well, 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 wish we'd all been ready. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the vice chair of Paramount Pictures, his name's Rob Moore, and he's a he's a devout Christian. He told this to the Hollywood Reporter that he said that they were they were listening to the feedback from some of the Christians in the in, in that went to the early screenings, and they were a little confused. Um, 
And here's his quote. In some cases, uh, Moore says, people had recollections of the story that weren't actually correct. Like, for example, one issue that a lot of the Christians leaving the theater had told them that they were offended by was that they made Noah get drunk after the whole ark thing. And they reminded them that that actually happened in the Bible. Yeah, he did more than get drunk. He got naked. Things got cray cray. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so basically, uh, some of the the negative feedback about this movie that no one's even seen yet, but the right. ones that have in test screenings, uh, right. are, are based on their misunderstandings right. of the story right. in general. And again, the, the the movie could be off base, but the fact is, I think we we owe it to to the filmmakers to at right. least see it before we criticize it and not try to sabotage it with a misleading question in the weeks leading up to it. And, and the misleading question got so much attention that it uh, uh, had a big story in that in, in Variety. Um, so it's also kind of lazy of Variety though. Like Variety didn't say, "Hey, this is a misleading question." They just reported the stat. Well, oh, yeah. they used the stat in the headline, but they gave it a lot of credibility. They ended up uh, uh, linking to the actual question itself so so you could see what it was. But it, that seemed to be a little bit buried in the article, and the article was more about uh, were the filmmakers isolating the audience as they were intended to market it to, not uh. is there a, a, a section of that audience that's intentionally trying to uh, – harm the movie marketing before it's even ready to be released. Man, wish they'd all been ready. Wish they'd all been ready. I'll tell you, the part of the preview that freaks me out is the uh, the snakes. Thank you, me too. Because, I I mean, obviously there had to have been snakes there, but uh, I never thought about it, and that terrifies yeah, me. Yeah, they could swim. Like I th- They didn't have to be on the boat. Yeah. Now, that's an interesting point. There Not were, all of them. There are no like, fish I mean, on the boat. Like the water ones. There's no dolphins on the boat. Did <laughs> the dolphins just fall on the boat? dolphins on the boat. Darn pythons that landed Where did all the freshwater fit? animals and fish go now we're poking holes in it well Tell me well about it. you didn't you didn't read the verse about the the dimensions of the aquarium the freshwater aquarium that <laughs> in the boat that tank wars put in or whatever that show's called <laughs> tank wars is it a war like who are they against it's all a war man i know <laughs> what is that show? we hate those builders over there across town the johnson the johnson brothers that's them. what they're that, that is what it is that tank is wars. basically they try to outdo each other like, I like, you. which the, I, you know, this is a lot of these shows we recognize in this year's Oscars, but, uh, you know, that's how desperate reality TV show reality TV has become yeah. that it's like, okay, this one's a plot is about rival aquarium makers. No, but that one's, that is a wonderland compared to sh- like shipping wars or whatever, or like where they go and buy containers of somebody's <laughs> old, sad junk. Yeah. <laughs> and their whole job is to drive it from point A to point B without damage. Like, I'm going to move this sad junk from this part of town to this other pawn shop. <laughs> I just, I, I think it's so brave that people make movies based on biblical stories. I mean, even just hearing one preacher get up and preach about one passage, and then the same, you know, a different person on the same passage, like you're going to get a ton of criticism. But to make a movie on it, like that, Roma Downey and whatever did the Mark the, Burnett. B- sorry, I don't know all these people. <laughs> Mark Burnett is famous. Yeah, but not as famous as Roma Downey. It was Dr. Quinn, wasn't I, it? Or see, is that I was touched by an angel. No, that's not Dr. Quinn. She was they, touched by an angel. That, that woman is the same person to me. I did not know that was two <laughs> different Isn't that people. Jane Seymour? That's yeah. Dr. Quinn? Yeah. And they, they both do the, the Sacred Heart collection. Oh, for... that's hers, the yeah. Sacred Heart. That's not Roma Downey. She doesn't have will a line ask, with K. Jewelers. Will you ask Roma Downey if you've ever met if she's ever met her? <laughs> Has anybody ever seen them in the same room at the same time? Bingo. Maybe, they, yeah. Maybe she is an angel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have, Eddie? Okay, so um wanted to talk about uh, there was a 
recent uh, study that was put out um, about the jobs that attract the highest number of psychopaths. <laughs> um, and so we're going to do a top 10 list of psychopaths and uh, of jobs that have the highest percentage of psychopaths. Wow. And the lowest, we'll start with the lowest because I think that the top 10 list may hit home a little bit. Oh, um, so, uh, <laughs> Pastors? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, oh, so, no. so just to be clear, a psychopath is a person who has a person- personality dis- disorder that has been uh, described generally as shallow in emotions, in particularly reduced fear. Uh, stress tolerance, lacking empathy, cold-heartedness, lacking guilt, egocentricity, superficial character, Chad, all that kind of stuff. So um, <laughs> here's what we got. So the folks, the, the top ten list of folks that have uh, least psychopathic uh, people in it. I'm not saying that well, but you understand. Number ten is an accountant. That makes sense. Uh, number nine is a doctor. Now remember that one. Number eight, creative artist. Which I where's, even... where's toll booth attendant? <laughs> number seven is a teacher, so that's good. Uh, oh, that num- is good. Number six is a yeah. is a charity worker. Again, that's really good. Number five is a beautician and stylist. Which... Oh, because they want to serve. They care. They want to nurture. They want to enhance and beautify. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. great. Number four is a craftsperson. So you, these are all very... Crafts. So creative. The beautician would be mm-hmm. creative. Craft person would be creative. These are all very humble yeah. kind of uh, other... S- they want to create. They want to create and very make creative. things better by creating. Number three yeah. is a therapist. So there you thank go. goodness. Now, I was yeah. a little surprised in that because if you've seen enough movies, the therapist is always the crazy one. Something's off. Yeah. Something's yeah. really off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who the hurts you? There's the a little fly in the ointment always. Uh, number two is a nurse. Thank goodness. And number one is a care aide. And now, the top 10 jobs that are most likely to have a diagnosed psychopath in them. Number 10. <laughs> number 10, a civil servant. Civil servant. It's pretty broad. Hold on, a civil servant. So this is a police officer, somebody who works for the government, this is some, a trash picker-upper? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, that. have you been to the post office? Yeah, that's, that's where you're going. Any, that, I think I, that's kind of where they're going. Look, yeah. I'm not saying anything bad about postal workers, but... There's Clearly, they're the one, the DMV. They're the one in charge, and you know. There's it. a term called going postal for a reason. Yeah. I used to work at the post office. I was a mailman for a summer, and there was no. a guy. This is what? a true story. There was a guy who wore a shirt, and it was a it was a cartoon of a post guy killing people with a gun, and it said, "U.S. Postal Service, don't worry, we only shoot our own." Oh my gosh! gosh. It did. It didn't make me feel better that he would wear that to work. Did you have a car or did you walk? I had a Jeep. I had a Neat. Jeep with a steering wheel on the other side of the road, and I was horrible. I was the worst. How? What? Like? How are you bad? Like? Yeah. Like? What were slow. you bad? Like? I mean, I like slow. Seinfeld like, could do it. I mean, if Newman, yeah, I remember saying, when Seinfeld <laughs> took over Newman's route and I, he got he got fired because too much mail got delivered? It just seems like a very oh. self-explanatory job. Like oh, this letter has an address on it. I put it in that mailbox. Yeah. Sometimes I'd switch up the morning route and do it in the afternoon and vice versa. And I remember this one time this lady goes, you're so much better than that other guy. And she was talking about me. Um, I just switched up what time uh, I delivered. The mail. I was like, yeah, he's a jerk. I'll let him know. Oh, man. Now, do you, that's <laughs> it seems like there's a very objective measurement to no, how but good I also you are got a mailman. Stuff, and that like, is, was the mail delivered? No, people would, <laughs> people would knock off the uh, mirror. Like, they'd hit my, bust my mirrors driving <laughs> by. And purpose? I'd try to, like, there's that crappy mailman. Why, why do people hate the mailman? I don't know. I don't, it, was a, it was a weird thing. Gee, summer. I hate you for bringing me something that... You know, for free. Thank you yeah. for your service. <laughs> I have a question about you being a mailman. Are you allowed to like listen to music in the little car, or what rules do they have about being? <laughs> played a mailman? It, I played it fast there and loose. No I'm not going to lie to you. I uh, I did a lot of things that I wanted there to do. No he he installed subwoofers in the back of the little jeep. Yeah. He dropped it. Do he you have a, rims? 
it would top out at 50 and i'm going down the highway and that thing is just banging up i only lasted one summer tell me you have a picture of you somewhere of you being a little mailman sure i do did you wear the little blue shorts yeah what i didn't you have wear? shorts uh i had uh, a mail bag and like a mail visor but you got to wear your own shirt and pants oh yeah totally so like a stuff christians like shirt and do you still no. do you still have the mail bag uh, I'm sure I do somewhere because it was kind of like hipster before hipster was hipster. You know, it was like this big honking bag. But you know, it's funny. This was before the internet, so like you knew who was getting Playboy and other magazines that like. So that was awkward. You know, like handing a guy that at his front door. Here you weird. go. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Wait, my roommate. Huh? So before the internet, before 1992. No, it was. Uh, I mean, before it was widely accepted. Yeah. Oh. I mean, so we, so, we, so you were delivering like AOL 1,000 hour disc. <laughs> You are hoarding them all for yourself. You yeah, can yeah, still have free stacks. AOL internet. And that, B- that BMG CD catalog where you would get the, the six free. <laughs> Dude, that Columbia awesome. House, the Columbia House catalog. Yeah, Columbia where House. That was yeah. pretty yeah. cool. It was, see, that was the thing. You just rotate between BMG and Columbia House and use different names. That's how I built my CD collection. Same here. Oh, yeah. That's great. I loved it. Yeah, man, John, that was really interesting. You were mailman. I'm going to have more mailman questions <laughs> as the show goes. I got it. I got it all did day. You, did you have it. any showdowns with like neighborhood bulldogs? I'll, no, I'll tell you the worst, most. And I can't believe I'm telling you this. I uh, I ate. Uh, I made the mistake of eating a steak and cheese sandwich from a vending machine. Oh. I mean, who oh. knew <laughs> and, um, that that was Everyone? a bad decision? Hey, and been there, I got friend. Sick on, I got sick on the route and had to knock on somebody's house and be like, "Use your bathroom." <laughs> like that's embarrassing. <laughs> that, that's a, like the start of a heist movie. Like, like just, Liam Neeson answers like, the door. Yeah. Have you ever had a mailman knock on your door and be like, "How's it going, buddy? Mind if I uh, use the bathroom?" No, exactly. Like, I know something's up at that point. Yeah. When I was a kid, man, we had the coolest mailman in the neighborhood. We would be, be out shooting hoops in the driveway, and he would come and just stop his mail route and get in a game with us. Yeah. <laughs> no like, way. All the time. Our freaking mailman is a jerk. Every time, I'm like, my children are beautiful. Even like I think, and they're standing. Out there, Does the he mail- call them ugly. No, no, no. He taunts no, no, no. them. Him no. from the road. He taunts sweet, them. Sweet Eve and Lucy every single day will go out to the mailbox and wave to him and smile and say hi, mailman. And he like doesn't even he doesn't even look at him. He just throws the mail in the mailbox and keeps driving. Eve was a mailman for Halloween. She likes the mail person so much he won't even acknowledge him. That guy's. I mean, come on, that's a jerk. Yeah. Do you do you tip your mailman? Have you guys ever done that at Christmas? I mean, I don't. I don't throw stuff at him, but is it more of a proactive tip? Like it's a money tip. Oh, not like just don't be rude. No, I haven't. No, I'm not. I, I've I've tipped my mailman. You like, do like, them a, like a Christmas card. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're supposed okay. to give your mailman a Christmas card. How does my, my, he, how my does mailman, he know it's our for mailbox him? is on my front door. Like he literally walks. They they like walk the route. You know, so you see him out and about a lot. You know, that's why he hates you so much, Eddie. You haven't given him any money. What do you? Yeah. What that's do you probably give, what it is. You give him money? Yeah. Or yeah, like a tip. gift card? Yeah. Or like a Starbucks card? Like a twenty-five like Chili's? Yeah. 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 For his civil service. For doing his no. For doing his because, job. No, because, <laughs> because he's you likely associate a psychopath. Easy, you want to keep this, and, and one day he's going to knock on your door and hey ask man, to use the bathroom. I'm going to go into then. this because I don't. I think that I mean I've looked at our I haven't looked at our analytics, but I don't think we have any postal workers as a part of relevant. Wait, well, hey, hold on. No, that's not true. Number one, actually, I know for a fact that there's a guy on Twitter that has talked to us a lot of times that used to be a postal worker. Because when do you listen to podcasts? When well, you have to fill your day delivering mail, you're listening to podcasts. When so, I, when I put the children to bed, all three of us gather around and. We listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen to Daddy be funny. The the 
I, you tip like Jesse was onto this. You tip your mailman, so so you stay on his good side when the switch flips. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because because as Cameron, as you know, when you control the mail, you control, control information. information. But hold on, <laughs> I'm, I know I should drop this and move forward with my slice. But why do you tip the mailman? He's serving his community. He's getting paid for it. So do, are well, do, waiters. Do you tip, do, do you tip your your barista? No. I do. Oh, you're a horrible person, Eddie. Yeah. Do, do you tip your bartender? Assuming you, never, you where, when you order your never had a drink virgin daiquiri. You know what? The Bible you says temple. You will know. The Bible says you will know my followers by their love, and love is shown with generosity, kindness, and caring. Tipping those who serve you is just one way that Christians could show their love. Eddie, but they tip, get a full tip, salary. Well, I, I tip a waiter because I tip a waiter because they get two fifty an hour plus let, let, tips. Eddie, let me ask you this: Have you ever received a gift for Passer Appreciation Day? <laughs> you get a salary, my friend. I have. Yeah. And, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, 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 you give it back pot, immediately. Me <laughs> yeah. Did you say? Did you say? How dare you? I collect a full salary. I have a full salary. <laughs> okay. You or, all guys or, or, are right. That's all I want to say. That's a really good point. I will. I will now give my mailman some. I don't know money or something. I think. I think. Oh, you know. I don't think. I don't think you have to. You know. But I'm just saying. I. I don't think it's weird to do it, like any kind of any kind of like service industry deal. You know, where someone's mm-hmm. do a- actively uh, uh, spending their time doing something to to help you. I, I think it, it, it can be appropriate to tip them like at Christmas. I yeah, feel they, like I should they tip serve. a firefighter too, just well, because they well, like on you, call. No, but if you have like a lot of <laughs> fires and they come around a lot, sure. Yeah. Hey, Bob, thanks for coming again. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Like, let, let's say let's say some dudes came to your house and delivered a washing machine and, de- and walked it up the stairs. Right? Mm-hmm. Would you tip them? Tip. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, yeah, and they get a salary too. Yeah, they're, 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 they're employed, all that but... mail weighs more at the end of the year has weighed more than a washing machine. <laughs> all right, psychopaths. Number nine on the list is chef. Is a chef. All right. Number eight on the list, and you guys can just, here you go, here it is, clergy person. Really? Number eight. Well, we all saw that video. Remember right when you started the podcast oh of the pastor oh, yeah. losing it oh, on the... Oh, my and God, that was the best. Cocks up in the, the yeah. kingdom up in the sound room. You make, and, it, you make it like that sound booth, your, your youth room hangout. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, how, you know how psychopathic some pastors are? Is they get presents on uh, Pastor <laughs> Day and they don't give them immediately back. <laughs> yeah, They're crazy man. Uh, number uh, number seven is police officer. Uh, number six, really? Yeah, like 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 in a Liam Neeson movie where like yeah. the police officer goes rogue. Yeah, yep, totally like that. Number six. Now we're getting we're getting in the in the sphere of hurting our feelings. Is yeah, let me real quick. Where did, did you make, did, did you do this list or did, was this found by like a, a, a research agency? No, Jesse, I did not create this list. <laughs> this was on like the internet. <laughs> okay, also oh, it must be true. Oh yeah, yeah, it's totally true. It was on Variety. Jesse said a research agency. Yeah, <laughs> a research agency. I didn't get that. Wicca something. I can't remember. <laughs> All right, uh, number six is a journalist. So oh. cutting close to home. Number five is a surgeon. Which I thought was interesting because f- the surgeon is on this list, but there's a doctor on the least psychopathic. But apparently, if you surgeon's s- playing God, well, I think that's <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth behind that. Uh, number four is a salesperson. Uh, number three is media. If you are a part of really? TV or radio, you have a high probability of being a psychopath. So what? Wow, explains wow. a lot, doesn't so, it? So sales, we do that. Yep, clergy sitting across from me. Yep, media. Wow, and, wow. And, and and journalist. Well, yeah, journalist. 
for sure. Number two is lawyer. Number one is CEO. So, oh, oh, great. All right. So, it's like nine for Cam. So what, what, what about well a CEO that is in media, has a journalism degree, and has... Yeah. Oh, I'm boy. not going to draw the conclusions. And is willing to perform surgery on a number of his staff. <laughs> yeah. Just name it. I will perform the surgery because yeah. I, I live to serve. I didn't want to draw the conclusion because I don't want you to murder me and everybody <laughs> I know. But Hey, I tip my postman. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm the real problem here because I have never given my postman $20 to Macaroni Girl, which I will now. <laughs> All right, what do you have, John? Well, I was going to talk about Jimmy Fallon, but I found something that was way more interesting and, um, you know, something that especially a certain group of our listeners will be excited about. And I saw a headline that said, Witness says Bigfoot might be squatting in Detroit's abandoned houses. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which, I mean, if you're talking about a variety of places to live. Is this the Weekly World News? No, uh, this is oh. this is from the internet. Okay, um, and they don't I got it from a research agency. You didn't get it from the checkout <laughs> line at the grocery store. No, according to uh, this is how you know it's legit. <laughs> Cryptozoology news. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, and you guys probably get the print edition. Yeah, I a have family a was driving around looking for a home in Detroit, and this is their quote. And I'm going to edit the swears. Um, we see this hairy arm reaching out the window. I say, what the? He gonna get cut? That dude with the broken glass, man. Then a whole body coming out the window looked like a monkey, only big, blank monkey with a stick on the hand, maybe about seven feet tall. It had short, reddish hair. Bigfoot, apparently a ginger. Um, but hold on, the face was human looking, as crazy as it sounds. My wife kept telling me to drive away, so we did. I got to see the animal's eyes and all big and dark with a huge head, like a triangle shape, kind of. Know what I mean? If that's not, I mean, that's as good as science. Um, <laughs> right. So as far as that point, because I, I feel like the triangular head. Remember Harry and the Hendersons? Uh, yes, those, those are magical days. Was John yeah. Lithgow on that, or is that my? Yeah, own he crazy... was the father, right? Yeah, he, yeah he, was... he was a staple of sci-fi sitcoms for a while. That was back where we were like, we loved Alf, we loved Harry and the Hendersons. Who was he? Was just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. you know, he just he, wanted to be loved. Primetime uh, sitcoms had to have like a sci-fi twist at that point. Yeah, yeah, like, I, like, I like, like it, a robotic. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Man. So I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if anybody's from Detroit in the podcast studio, but it's something to think about. Um, so so Detroit is so deteriorated, so so blight that, that right. the Sasquatches have moved in. Right. This is how you know your city has gone in the tanks. <laughs> Mythical creatures have taken over. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> like, like, no one will see us here. not the good ones, like such werewolves, a, no unicorns. No, no, such no. a wasteland that Sasquatch yeah. is squatting <laughs> in your building. Uh, he's like, I know where to go. I'm going to leave the woods of Oregon. And go to some old uh, movie theater. You know what's more more desolate and abandoned than the woods of Oregon? My soul. Midtown Detroit. Bingo. <laughs> Sounds like it worked for him. Um, yeah. And I want to know what was this family? What neighborhood were they looking for a house? They sound kind of like squatters too. <laughs> they were looking around the squat. You know, like they, they were disappointed he had already got to that one. They're Maybe the, someone hired the Bigfoot to be like a squatter deterrent. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: if there's a Bigfoot living in there, especially like one the armed with a cop yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe that sasquatch is cleaning up the city oh my gosh. <laughs> he's like a triangular head batman i like yeah. it uh, i mean jesse you brought up some good points i mean i think there's just a lot of angles to this um, thing, so my hope you know? i'm sure there'll be a reality show that it kills me that finding bigfoot is still in like its fourth season like who is keeping renewing that show? I really think, yeah. At this point, can they just call it not finding Bigfoot? <laughs> it would be like if Tank, if Tank Wars, 
if the fishing tank people never finished the tank like <laughs> first four seasons and they're like we are so we got a rat like floyd mayweather wants a huge tank with sharks yeah floyd see mayweather. it would be like it'd be like watching the deadliest catch and every time they pull up those big cages it's just <laughs> empty, <laughs> so it's empty. <laughs> for the whole season not one of them catches not one crab but nobody ever dies yeah. and it's just drunk guys going yeah man i feel like this is gonna be our season to this get is a the crab. one yeah <laughs> anyhow bigfoot's in detroit this so just season four now you know season four of sasquatch hunters bigfoot hunters based in detroit I, I, and i would just like to say compared to the last time the three of us did slices together i would say this was a little bit better yes <laughs> two, two weeks ago was terrible that's true i thought it maybe was. it was the three of us but no we're back we had a dry yeah. run this morning we're yeah. back yeah, yeah. I, I stayed up all night preparing we had a dress rehearsal those, yeah those eating jokes. cheese yeah. one after another <laughs> large yeah cheese I, I, i've eaten uh several dozen mozzarella pepper jack cheese sticks at this point so they better be good all right That'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, we talk to Shad. listening to Need to Breathe, the song is State I'm In from their upcoming album Rivers in the Wasteland. There's a feature on Need to Breathe in the upcoming March issue of Relevant. Shad is a Kenyan-born Canadian rapper who is, frankly, one of my favorite rappers out there. Uh, he came on the scene back in 05 when, with uh, When This Is Over, but it was really 2007's Old Prince that got him noticed and kind of when I became a huge fan. His third album was TSOL, and then a few months ago, he released his latest album, Flying Colors, which is about standing tall, falling down, and picking yourself back up. It's about slowly, painfully putting one foot in front of the other, then looking back after a while and seeing how far you've come. We had a small write-up with Shad in the January issue of Relevant, if you want to check it out. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to him. Here is Shad. Uh, but really I'm sick of rapping But really I miss the passion You feel me? I miss the scene You feel me? I miss the action I miss touring Miss America Miss the pageant I'm still married to that dame Or the game is Mrs. Jackson to me uh, Rappers love talking It's epic When we talk of our exit From showbiz And nobody noticed We left it Was hedging bets At the school of Texas Hold them Rolexes And Lexuses Just a second I got a test But I'm blessed I got to live and learn Literally Did a term Then went to gig and earn Earn Just let it burn Words I could grow up No I don't I mean, grow pot, I mean, getting that dope, though. I still gotta grow lots, live real stories, grow plots. They wanna mow crops and grow guap and find some Botox robots to co-op. But y'all know me, don't stop. I just go off, I stay on. Let's start by talking about uh, about Flying Colors a little bit. Sure. Um, what, makes, what makes Flying Colors different from the rest of your albums or from anything else you've done? Yeah, um, it, that's funny um, because, you know, I really, when I set out to make the album, I, I wanted to definitely, like, push myself creatively um, and I think in the end I was pretty pleased I, I felt like it was uh, a bit more adventurous probably than my last one and uh, yeah just just kind of uh, I, I was happy with um, 
what I did with that challenge. Uh, at the same time, like, I sit down with it and I'm like, yeah, this is the same old thing. Like, I kind of, <laughs> all my music is, like, essentially the same, you know? It just kind of, like, boils down to my journey and trying to figure things out and, uh, you know, goes in a lot of direct, different directions as far as content and stuff. So, um, yeah, so it, it is different in my opinion. It's, like, it's, I think, a little bit more dense, a little bit more daring, um, but... At the same time, it's kind of same old me. When you say it's a little more adventurous, do you mean in terms of like production, the music, or yeah. lyrically, like topics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of production, uh, mostly, um, um, like the form of the songs, and then also like the music. I think is a little bit more uh, layered. Um, uh, yeah, content-wise, I think it's a bit might be a bit weightier too than than what I've done in the past, but. But there's also like oh, just a whole lot of similarities too. Check it out. I'm just spitting that for the love of spitting rap. Hits like Nickelback singing with the diplomats. Written by Max Martin swinging with the wiffle bat. Hear the pistol blast, then I hit the track. Running like a Kenyan, cause I'm Kenyan. Ask my mama. Yeah, I'm running like a Kenyan. See, I'm running like Obama on that ticket. This is wicked as that Broadway play with the witches in it. Tell me who's the sickest kid. I'm putting on a clinic. Listen, you know no one will really touch in the lyrics. So touching when I'm touching on any subject. I'm fearless, they can't stop. Stomach it, I'm loving it, munching nuggets in Paris, see the throne, that's my zone, don't let me even get near it, please. I'm um, I want to talk a little bit about our uh, our respective countries. Uh, yeah. Based on based on what you know, and I don't know how much how much you do know or how much of an expert you consider yourself, but yeah. how would you compare and contrast the American hip-hop scene versus Canada's? Yeah, um, the, the main difference I'd probably say... Well, your scene is a lot bigger, mm-hmm. uh, for one thing, and and has a lot, uh, probably more, a bit more range, uh, just because of like regionally, your your country is more different than ours is. I mean, you can go kind of Toronto to Vancouver in Canada, and it's like kind of the same. Whereas you have like distinct regional, like local kind of like flavors. If you're in New Orleans versus uh, Seattle, for example, they're quite different places. You know what I mean? So I'd say that that's like that's probably a difference is just the kind of size and vastness. Also, I think what what's popular in Canada as far as hip hop like would be considered kind of left of center where you are. And what like in what way? Like an artist like Kanon, for example, or Chaos. Like what well, Chaos is a pretty prime example. Like he's like one of the most popular hip hop artists ever in in Canada. Um, and what he does is is not kind of wouldn't be considered mainstream. Uh, in the U.S., like what he does would be considered alternative hip hop. You know what I mean? Okay. Whereas in Canada, that's that's the middle of the mainstream kind of. Well, not middle of the mainstream, but but that's the biggest that's the biggest hip hop artist we have. Um, and what he does, it, it doesn't line up with the biggest hip hop artists in the U.S. Are doing. Yeah. What's a winner? What's this bitterness? It's crazy how we fight like spring or no fight night. It's not a game. I'm a globe trotter, but not a baller or ball spinner on this big ball spinning up on God's tall fingers all year. All year. Spring, summer, fall, winter. Remembering the saint that remembered we're all sinners. Let my people go. Rose is still seated saying, please don't get off of the bus. It's history, never her story. And profits get crushed, tough topics get hushed, and life is often unjust. I forget. 
when I remember to remember On the darkest days, the sun is still shining in December Being broke, yeah that's hard, but that legal ain't always tender I'm Akeem's team, focused with my dream in the center Let's move I feel like it's been a pretty big year. There's been a lot of uh, people in the hip-hop industry this year with some of the old favorites making way for some of the for some newer people or for some younger guys to come through it and sort of make their mark. Yeah. What direction do you see hip-hop going in general just as a, as a genre? I think there's like a lot of uh, room now just because like the music world is a little bit bigger because of the internet and stuff and different people finding niches and stuff I think I think hip hop in general is kind of like broadening in the, in the sense that like you know you have artists like um, let's take like some of the new guys let's take Chance the Rapper for example what he does which is um, you know like a, a little bit weird a little bit out there um certainly like very creative and then you have him you have somebody like action bronson who what he does is pretty classic new york rap and then you know you have kanye doing whatever he happens to be doing at the moment um <laughs> you know musically like he could be doing this sort of classic rap or he could be doing you know what he did on jesus or whatever um you know then you have drake and then you have you know you know what i mean like this is sort yeah. of like landscape seems a bit broader now than than maybe when i was younger and there was like sort of like the classic New York sound, classic LA sound, and very little of anything else. Guys that draw lines and make borders real But then bend the rules when there's more to drill Don't turn away the stateless Think of the waste if one in three refugees Is a Lauren yeah. Hill Come a long way, we can move forward still From the poorest to up by Lawrence Forest Hill, but more than that Skrillery banks, just chill Make a home, just build in a zone that's ill In a place to be safe, you found an escape route Where we come from, so we grateful to Jesus And now the top is the next stop This drop, ought to have my aunts on a guest spot Red hot I'm talking going from sweatshops to tech stocks. Doctors without borders with dreadlocks. We quote an S doc. Carter on Otis turns out some fresh off the boat. Kid wrote this now. You hear a lot about uh, people saying that people who don't like rap like still like you, or people yeah. say they're not yeah. a fan of rap. What do you think it is about your music that appeals people outside of the usual genre? Um, well, I think for one thing, like in Canada, um, because our hip hop scene is kind of small, I've always like I kind of started out exposing myself in spaces that were like not necessarily like hip hop venues, and and then I think much to people's surprise, like when you see something live, like I don't listen to metal, but I've seen metal live done well and been like that was awesome, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and I think I think that's been the case with me for a lot of my career here in Canada. Um, just getting exposed in like kind of non-hip-hop spaces because there's something universal about music and, and especially when you get to see it live that is just kind of understandable. But then I think there's also like, as, as much as what I do is like pretty straight up hip-hop, like uh, I think I'm a pretty, reg I've always considered myself a pretty regular guy and I think something of that translates, even though what I do is pretty much straight up hip-hop, I'm not really like doing a kind of hybrid genre thing. It's pretty pretty straight up the middle like classic hip-hop but there's something that's relatable there i think just because my life experience is pretty relatable pretty broad and uh i think that that finds its way into the music and people pick up on that too we all struggle for freedom instead of freeing each other by letting ourselves be yeah and it never ends we only feel better when we feel like we're better than 
clever men and our violent silences when we shoot from the lip to quiet then we talk non-violence and stay silent when it suits really it's all violence at the root the same james wilkes in the booth but tyrants aren't tyrants in the group it's who started the shooting who knows we were all just born inside of this truth Taught to shoot is youth, taught us just humans being human, but the truth is the truth is bulletproof. Remember to remember. That was Shad. Check out his new album, Flying Colors, wherever music sold. You're listening to Bare Hands. The song is Giants from the album Distraction. So, I mean, these are all terrifying things. Bare Hands distracting you. Yeah. Giants. You got to get out of here. Mauling you. Yeah. I'll be honest. I picked that song just because of the name. I saw it on iTunes and I was like, yep, that's going to go on the podcast. Who cares if it has one star next to it? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You got Bare Hands. <laughs> yeah. Big, big old Bare Hands. Bare Hands. <laughs> you want to keep this show relevant, you talk about Bare Hands. Bare Hands back. Giants. Fat Boy Slim. Fat Boy yeah. Slim, Chumbawamba. <laughs> PM Don, bare hands. <laughs> it's all happening. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, you know, last week we were talking about, we were doing our debut uh, relevant Q&A, video live podcast event thing. And it went pretty good. Uh, Michael Gunger was on there, and he was fun, and it was interesting. And and we got off, and within like an hour, like several other like bands and artists, uh, authors, like contacted Chad, like, "Hey, we want to do that too." And we're like, "Oh, calm down. We're doing it every other week." Were any of them DC Talk? (laughs) No, because the reunion we haven't talked about, but (laughs) I don't want to get into that. But I do. So keep going. So so uh, Chad and I started like you know looking at the calendar, and we're like. Okay, they'd be great. Let's do this one. Let's do this one. And all of a sudden, we're like in 2017. So we thought, we got to go weekly on this thing. And it was fun, and it was easy, and why not? So we decided to make it weekly. And this week, um, just yesterday, uh, from when this podcast airs, uh, we had our second guest, Donald Miller, joined us on the relevant Q&A. It was a live event at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and a lot of you guys submitted questions. Don has been in the Christian news lately for some recent blog posts he did, and we wanted to talk to him about that and other <laughs> stuff. And so it was a lot of fun. Um, and so we're going to be doing this every week. Uh, definitely join us if you can. It's, um, it's a live Google Hangout thing where you can submit questions and watch what happens live. And then after it's done, it lives on, um, it re-airs uh, on demand. You can stream it on our website, and it will become an, uh, a video podcast on iTunes. So that'll be a lot of fun. So if you can join us for the live thing, do it. It'll be every Thursday now at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. So give us your lunch hour, basically. Well, to kind of loop you in on it and let you know kind of what it was like or what, what it is like, we wanted to play a segment of yesterday's show uh, yesterday's uh, conversation with Donald Miller. So here is me and Tyler Huckabee talking to Donald Miller on the relevant Q&A. Welcome to the relevant Q&A, Don Miller. Yeah, it's terrific to be here with you guys. Don, I'm going to just start. I'm just going to start. What? What's your problem with the church, man? <laughs> <laughs> well, the... 
Well, here's what happened. I wrote a blog. <laughs> here's what always happens. I write a blog that I think is going to be really controversial, and you just hear crickets, right? Right. So, and the blog is where I just practice thinking. I mean, I'll spend a year on a book. I'll spend th- three minutes on a blog. So this was about, uh, you know, thinking about Sir Ken Robinson and education reform, the fact that the church kind of is born out of this uh, scholarly uh, legacy, post-printing press, Reformation, all that stuff. Scholars kind of took over the church. It looks like a school in many ways. Um, and so I talked about the fact that the reality that I, you know, don't get a lot out of church when I go. I don't connect with God very well there. And I wondered if it wasn't more of a learning style issue because it is a lecture format sort of a thing. And it's not how everybody learns. People learn in different ways. But there's really one way to learn, at least in the Sunday morning service. So Probably about five years ago, I stopped attending with any regularity. It's really funny if you, because for a couple of years I didn't go, but I would still tithe, right? I would still like send my money because I love the people. I love my pastor and I were good friends, but I just kind of realized this isn't the most efficient use of my time. And uh, and so I wrote about that, literally thinking I'd just get crickets. I mean, I just thought everybody would go, ah, of course, you know, different kind of learners and both. But I think it where I was naive, Cameron and Tyler, was to not realize that. Uh, this is an issue that is very close to people's heart. You're real. If if you think there's a problem with it, a lot of people sort of take it as a blanket aggressive statement, which is which was not intended from my heart at all. And uh, and then it and then I had to write another blog to kind of parse out my thinking on that, which was actually a really good experience for me to sit down and and do that. But the pushback that I kept getting online was was, you know, you're being really selfish, this is narcissism, the church isn't about you, and these kinds of things. So that part of it kind of hurt, uh, because I, I hope I'm not a narcissist. I hope I'm not walking to church saying, please me. Um, and I also hope that none of us have to go to church because we hate it, and it's our obligation, right? I don't know any, I don't know any pastor who'd stand up and say, we're going to make this as uncomfortable for you as possible because it's not about you. They, they wouldn't have a very big church. So some of that is kind of unrealistic uh, internet banter. Uh, but the blog was really intended to start a conversation about the millions of people who are like me who simply don't learn that way. And I don't experience community sitting with 200 other people facing forward and hearing a lecture. That's not where, that's not community to me. So, um, so there was a little bit of, of uh, I think, a sensitivity uh, on the part of the readers that I wasn't remotely prepared for and didn't realize that I was stepping on toes. In hindsight, I probably wouldn't have posted that blog, right? Some things are better left unsaid when they are things that the chances of you being understood are very slim because they're such a sensitive issue. And I don't know how wise it was me to post that. But nevertheless, you know, it's out there. Can't take it back. So, I mean, there is something to be said for the biblical model. I mean, the early church, they gathered together, there was teaching, you know, the there's apostles, pastors, prophets, there's worship, there's something yeah. about... And there's elders, there's elders, and there's there's the... So we would have to really look at that, yeah. if you wanted to look at that, and then compare it to the traditional evangelical yeah. church model. Right. Say, Why isn't everybody bringing all their money here? Right. Giving out, like socialism. Right. I mean, so, is, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. this is not a, a wrapped up, neat package. Well, that's so okay. So we have a biblical model. We have the fact that. Well, no, American, I wouldn't say we have a biblical model. I, I wouldn't say. Okay. That. 
Well, no, there's saying, a model in the Bible, but biblical implies that's the way we're supposed to do it, and I don't know that the, the yeah. Bible has a lot of instruction on that. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, but there is a there there is a thing that happened in the Bible a that biblical, we can look a to. Biblical precedent. There you go. So there's biblical precedents. Let's get the words right. And and we can a lot of us can agree that the American suburban me-centered Christianity entertainment experience does not parallel what we saw in early scripture now which was a different culture and a different way the communities lived and worked together and all that too so there's something contextual about the regional and the time of history that that had happened in but we can all agree that us all thousands of us sitting facing the same direction you know like it just doesn't yeah I get it so you've had to probably think about as you've wrestled with this for the last decade what would what would be a model of gathering together in a church context that would connect with people who don't learn the way you learn? Because I think that you did yeah. make that as a big part of your argument. It was a learning style thing. But there's a lot of people saying, like, who are there with you? Saying, you're right, I don't learn that way, but I don't want to lose what, you know, what what the what I want the church yeah. to, to and, be. And Cameron, I would fault myself for that in the blog, too. You, you, you know, it was unwise of me to write a blog like that without saying, here's what my life looks like. Okay, uh, it, which is very different than that, uh, and it's just it's just my life. It's not a it's not me teaching anybody how to do anything differently. I would also say that uh, there was some really fair criticism about Don. Who is an authority over you in your life? How could you go through church discipline if you did something wrong? Uh, and Betsy and I, you know, my new wife and I, literally had a conversation where she said, Don. Who are the men who are over you? Like, who would she call if I got into some trouble? And we really, we really brought it down to three. Like, there are three people that Betsy could call who could basically drop me, you know, like, because I respect them and I love them so much. That's not a formal system. And I think the church, I think one of the things that I'm missing in my life with the way that I'm experiencing the church is that particular uh thing that that it would be good for me to figure out. That could be done through a board of directors or any other way. But to say I'm missing this, therefore you go back to the system and pretend there's no <laughs> there's no issues with it is is to me is not a very nuanced way of thinking. Um, so there so there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And I would say uh, but I, so my way of doing church, my way of doing community is far from perfect. It's uh, it is probably missing elements of the biblical church that I think we are instructed to partake in. And I mean that as a confession to everybody. Uh, but, uh, uh, and yet, I, I, my intimacy with Jesus is there, Cameron. My intimacy with God is there. My, my tracking as a disciple is there. And so there are some of these hoops that I haven't jumped through. And I would, I would actually say, but as I confess that, I think we also have to look at the the way we're doing church over here in some of these more traditional structures is like there's a heck of a lot missing there too. What I love about Jesus, what I love about Jesus is that he just works within this mess. I mean, he really does. He's not waiting for us to get it perfect in order to do something. So do I feel that I have agency to baptize a friend in a creek where you've been at Chatterbox Falls? Man, I do. I just feel the book of Hebrews is true that I am a, a high priest, right? And and I I think one of the problems that the current model of evangelical, traditional, whatever you call it, that we're doing is 
a lot of people walk into a church and they feel the agency to be an apostle, to be a disciple of Jesus, is given to one person in the room, or maybe five or six, and that's the pastoral staff. And I would love to see a model of church where the pastor stands up and says, uh, you are all pastors. Like, just buy a box of sheriff badges and give it out and read Hebrews and say, you are a pastor, and this Sunday meeting is uh, an equipping time to equip the thousands of little churches that will leave here and take place in your homes around your dinner table where you practice communion in the way it's done in the New Testament and you baptize your neighbors out in the hot tub and you to me that and that I think would terrify most evangelical audiences we don't want that kind of agency because it gives us a responsibility right if I'm a disciple of Jesus a real disciple of Jesus I can't give my pastor the agency for me. I have to take it in my relationships with my neighbors and, and the way I do communion. And You're doing communion with a small group of people around your dinner table after a meal. It's just gorgeous. It's just stunningly beautiful. It's such a spiritual exchange. And So I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm willing to consider other models as messy as they might be and as flawed as they might be. And not only am I willing, the reason I, I feel so confident about that is because Jesus is there. So as much as people are mad at me, I'm like, well, as long as that guy's still in the room, I feel okay. I really do. Well, that was Donald Miller on the relevant Q&A. Make sure to join us next Thursday for our next guest. It'll be fun. You're listening to Aaron Gauvin. The song is Famine from the Famine EP, which is streaming right now on The Drop at RelevantMagazine.com. Check it out. Okay, it's time for your feedback um, and the question of the week. So last week, uh, Eddie brought a slice about this um, Senora in Mexico. Who, no, the, the area of Sonora in Mexico uh, outlawing certain children's names like yes. Facebook and other weird things that people were really naming their kids. Juan, Juan Panties. Juan, Juan Panties, <laughs> Rambo, different things. And it became outlawed. And so it got us thinking about weird names of people we actually know. And we asked you for the question of the week, what's the weirdest real person name that you know? Um, you guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You hit us up on Twitter and on Facebook. And there were a ton of them. And so there's a twist to this week's. Our eight favorite ones yes. all are going to win, because this tie-in is flawless, are all going to win the Dietrich Bonhoeffer biography yeah. autographed by its author. You can't find a hole in that logic. That's perfect. Right. Totally makes sense. Anyway, but we really are going to send eight, eight of you, so we will end with the eight winners, but there's so much feedback that a bunch of other ones made us laugh, too. So here's some of our favorites. Uh, Nick the Viking. Uh, I'm guessing that's not his real name. Um, he said that he has a friend who, <laughs> who sure. him and his wife <laughs> evidently don't believe in middle names. Um, and, and but they believe in in highly unique first name combinations. So these are these. They have five children. These are the names of their five children: Mercy Danger, no, 
Asher Thrasher. <laughs> no, stop it. Captain Friday. Dude, that rules. Link Nighthawk. And, <laughs> and, and, and Flora Nightingale. He also notes that uh, his, his buddy's father disowned him after Captain Friday came along. Wow. Yeah. Captain Friday rules. Okay, Bethany Turner uh, said, uh, my husband went to school with a guy named Thomas 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 the Third. <laughs> I love I love that there were a few of them, but the triple name people it's are sort just, of just Thomas Cubed at that point. Yeah, T three three. Frederick Miller grew up with two kids named Hickory and Harvest Ham. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wonder. I mean, is this just a bunch of parents just sitting around, just tripping on peyote and just saying like, "Oh, Hickory Ham, we got to do it." J- J- Jana Peterson said that. Uh, uh, she's listening from Jakarta, Indonesia, by the way. Um, she said that oh, she cool. has a friend in college whose parents were such big Red Sox fans. I guess their last name was Park that they named their son Fenway Park. Oh, man. I do know a Fenway, but his name, his middle name, isn't Park. M- um. Muddy Beats on Twitter. Uh, he said he went to high school in '94 with a girl named Joanna Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> Joanna Blunt. Parents are crazy, man. This is this sort of falls in line with that. But but James Smoker, his last name is Smoker. He said that back when restaurants had smoking and non-smoking sections, his uncle was so embarrassed by their name that he would use a fake name for the reservation, so he would avoid hearing the waiter announce "Smokers for (laughs) non-smoking." That's funny. Uh, Theo, his his Twitter name is Honor Company. He wrote in. He said he knew a guy named Will Power. Ironically, he was prone to drug addiction. <laughs> no, for real. He said it was ironically sad. Yeah. Willpower uh, was a drug addict. Jason Harris. I, I have a hard time believing this one, but he has no reason to lie other than receiving a free book. Yeah, I think so. Um, so then he has 100% reason yeah, it's to a lie. Really, and it's a really good book, so but uh, do it. Uh, <laughs> he said that there's a, uh, uh, he grew up with a family, and the dad's name was Storm, uh, like, the, like the ex-woman. And uh, Storm's sons were rain, thunder, lightning, and wind. Wow. Wow, man. Like windstorm, rainstorm. Justin Pick says he played soccer with a guy named Richard Rump, but because of how you would shorten Richard, everyone called him Bucky. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Did we already talk about Dusty and Sandy Rhodes? <laughs> no. No. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a chat on the Facebook page said uh, he had a friend named Dusty Rhodes and he had a sister named Sandy Rhodes. <laughs> Thomas Webb said, these are my top three bad names. Real people I know from Tennessee, Nosmo King, Styrofoam Jones, and She Precious. She Precious, one word. She Precious. Oh, man. Styrofoam Jones. Styrofoam hey, Jones. Hey, man. What's up? Styrofoam hey, Jones. Chad, That's I'm- actually pretty cool. I know you're looking for baby names, Chad. Maybe She Precious. <laughs> yeah, I've she got precious. a lot of really great ideas after well, this. I, I saw a guy in Sports Illustrated, and it was a kid, and his name was, he was like 18, I-Perfection. Wow. And I have to assume he was pretty humble. Wow. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to the eight winners. There's a yes. lot more. You should check out our, our it was Twitter really... feed and the Facebook page and the uh, episode page at, at the site because, man, there's there's a lot. But here's the eight winners of the eight signed Dietrich Bonhoeffer biographies. Chad, take it away. <laughs> oh, no. All right, so winner number one, Brian Meager on Twitter. With <laughs> a guy uh, who, who who he knows named Bruce Bruce Bruce. <laughs> Those are, that's his first middle last name. Bruce Bruce Bruce. Uh, winner number two, Trisha Wattenberger on Twitter. Trisha wrote, "I grew up with a guy named Harry Mann," and then my favorite thing was the second sentence she wrote. 
he was caught in eighth grade driving himself to school. That's all. <laughs> what a funny little addition. He was caught in driving himself to school. You're, you are a legend for that. Like, Harry man. But it, it, that guy's going to drive is, himself to school. It's at least been 10 years and people are still talking about that. Oh my God, I was crying when I read this. Uh, it's so funny. Winner number three, CJ Fay on Twitter. CJ Fay, he, he, his wife went to school with a guy named Harry Topless. <laughs> Hi-oh! Harry Topless. Please use your announcement. Did he voice. ever drive himself to school? at the age of 12. <laughs> I don't know. Chad, use your, hold on, use your like, this is the relevant podcast. In a, in a world yeah. where winner number four yeah. is Benjamin Getz Benjamin, on Twitter. Benjamin, I love, he's wrote, I worked in a bistro in college, which is very cool. Uh, very cool. Uh, he had, the, he had ha- customers, it was a hippie mom and three kids, and the kids' names were Sunzy, Starzy, and Moonzy Smith. And they sounded like Pokemon characters. And then I love that she added the Z to that. Like it wasn't just Sun Star Moon; it was Z. So I thought that was wow. okay. Okay, we got. But I wanted to add on Brian Meager, who already won for Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. He sent in a ton, and th- some of these others could have won instead yes. of Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. He's just a winner all the way around. Yes. Uh, he also has, has a woman at his church is the name Penny Nickel. <laughs> uh, he has a buddy who dated a girl named Crystal Ball. Um, uh, he has a friend who went to school with Eileen. Eileen Forward. No. No joke. He uh, also has another friend who went to school with Sunshine Rainey. Um, uh, one of his friend's names is Brian Knickerbocker. I don't know. It's pretty <laughs> That's not that interesting, yeah. that one. Um, uh, and then uh, he knows uh, Tinkerbell. And uh, Tinkerbell, he actually made her pull out her driver's license to prove it. Wow. Her name is actually Tinkerbell. So, oh. There you go. He, and there's he actually sent more too. Brian knows some interesting people. Yeah. Uh, winner number five is Lauren Cloud Tyler on Twitter. Yeah, she wrote in Twinkle Van Winkle. It's awesome. her cousin. <laughs> oh my! Her goodness. cousin's name is Twinkle Van Winkle. Just Twinkle would be enough. But then the, the parents, like, her aunt, and uncle. Is it a guy or a girl? It. I'm thinking Twinkle's probably a girl. How would you? I mean, what basis? At that point, they're just Twinkle? Throwing it all against the wall. Let's see what it sticks. <laughs> Twinkle? You're going to name your little boy strapping young man Twinkle? You're going to name any kid Twinkle? Well, maybe she's a pre- Maybe she precious. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she precious. She pre- Hey, are you going to name your your girl? Is she still going to have Michael Snavely? Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Twinkle Michael Snavely. <laughs> Susan Michael Snavely? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, winner number I'm going to s- call your kid that no matter what her name is <laughs> Chad Michael Noel yeah, Michael Noel Michael Snavely <laughs> uh, winner number six from the episode page is Rebecca Ashley Barcelou uh, she said that she had a friend who uh, worked for an agency processing birth certificates where she inter- encountered oh. a lot of interesting names but her one of her favorites had to be ESPN it was pronounced Espen <laughs> which is a great name that's great um, winner number seven on Twitter is Allison J. Allison wrote, siblings that graduated from my junior high school, the daughter, Liberty Ann, and her younger brother, Justice for All. Wow. Just, but the middle name is like F-O-R-A-L-L. Liberty Ann. Liberty Ann. Justice, Justice for All. It's so and, awesome. is, and the dad's name it's was like, America. It's like the first, first and middle name. <laughs> so the brother, the boy, is named Justice? Yeah. That's a girl's name. It's a little girl's clothing store. I don't know that Justice is either gender's name. It's not. I don't. Not I don't think name, you would right? dare. I don't think you would dare Justice. insult someone named Justice for all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I dare you. To yeah, do that's that, the name. Of my that's ro- a Liam Neeson. See, see what happens. That's like yeah. my right arm and left arm. That's like RoboCop. Yeah. Justice for all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've never been in a fight. I don't really know if that's like a cool fight thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is my. This is my right arm. Justice. <laughs> and this is my left arm. For all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so uh, watch out, because I'm going to punch you in our fight thing now. 
<laughs> Did you say in our fight thing? <laughs> I was in chorus. <laughs> I've never been in a fight or know how to talk about one. No, I don't know. Really. I don't have a lot of cool lingo. Um, all right. Winner number eight. Last one on Twitter. Mark Dancer. Yeah, on Twitter, he, he said the mayor of his town, Fort, Worth, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. So the mayor and his wife are both named Sandy Sanders. That's incredible. <laughs> Sandy Sanders. I'd vote for him. Politics aside, I'm voting yeah, for He could get Sandy out of so Sanders. many public like, uh, like engagements and like ap- appearances and stuff. Because the thing would just say, appearing tonight, Sandy Sanders, he could send his wife. Right. That's you don't know which Sandy Sanders. Yeah. yeah and every, te- so his poor wife, or, like, or one of them, maybe not his wife, maybe he, you know, the other one walks in. Everybody's like, hoping for one Sandy Sanders. The other one walks in. Everybody looks disappointed. <laughs> it's just like, so for oh, the, you're, oh that, that's uh, I misread it. That one. Sorry. Hey, if you're one of the winners, email podcast at relevantmagazine.com with your name and address, and we will get uh, the autographed copy of uh, the Bonhoeffer book over to you. That'll do it for last week's uh, feedback. There's a lot. Go check it out. Now it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Okay, so earlier in the show, uh, Eddie brought a list of basically my resume. Yeah. Um, you're being... mo- hey, you're amongst friends. Everybody here likes you. <sighs> shh, 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 shh. <laughs> Calm down, Camtastic. So, so, yeah, I mean, and it got us talking about jobs. We learned that. Our friend John Acuff has been a postal worker, but he had a, such a short fuse, he had to leave the service. Right. I was too hot for to, the postal service. To be in media, which was way higher up on the list. He yeah. moved up on the psychopath <laughs> list. Um, so it got us thinking about weird jobs and, you know, jobs that are not fun um, or jobs where you don't get tipped well enough. And so we want to know... <laughs> like like my postal worker. <laughs> my, my pastors. <laughs> yeah, right. Pastors. I do feel terrible. That's so we, we want to know for this week's Quest of the Week, what is the oddest job that you've held? Mm-hmm. Uh, the oddest job in your career path, what's the oddest job you've held? Yeah. And any funny stories attached to said job? Yeah. And, or funny names of the place you worked. I worked at Maurice the Pants Man. Um, for awesome. a couple of years, <laughs> and we sold we sold pants. Thank oh, that's good. I mean, at least that made sense. What else? Would yeah, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> Obviously, uh, it's been well documented, and I'm sure you can go check the wiki of when I've talked about it. But I did pool leak detection. I sold computers at Office Depot to old people. I worked the middle of the day shift, and it was just grandparents. Dwight, that came did, in. Dwight did that. Dwight Schrute on when yeah, he left yeah. uh, Dunder Mifflin, he went <laughs> down to Staples. And- <laughs> Now you and now you've got an advice column on RobinMagazine.com. Yeah. Oh man, thanks. So cool. You oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've grown up. Big big news. I didn't yeah. Yeah. So well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um so tell us uh, head head over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. You can post your replies there. Uh find us on Twitter at relevant podcast or our relevant podcast Facebook page. Um and we'll read our favorites next week. Uh yeah, as we wrap up, big news. Uh you know, not only do we launch the video podcast uh, that we're now doing weekly. I think we thought we'd do it every other week. We're now going to do it. And you did and you did a good job. I know you had some nerves, but you did a great job. Oh, thanks. Did well, you, we 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 already have some ideas how to loosen it up and have more fun with it. No so. pants. Everybody wears no pants. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Equalizer. The great equalizer. Yeah. I've never worn pants doing an episode of the show ever. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, I'm in here with you. <laughs> and we continue. Um on. go check out our new uh, video podcast you heard part of our second episode with don miller um it's happening every thursday at 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific uh, you can interact with us submit questions and watch what happens live yeah and Wait, if you miss I it think that's a show. yeah and if you miss it live you can go over to the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com and go to the video podcast section you can watch the uh the recorded broadcast or you can also see it on our youtube channel as well and 
we'll be submitting it to iTunes as a video podcast, Correct. which isn't up yet, but it will be shortly. So yeah. check that out. Also, uh, new things that we deployed is uh, every every Monday mm-hmm. we have a new advice column at yes. relevantmagazine.com called Life 201, where users or readers submit life questions, questions of, of about a wide really. variety yeah. of things to our esteemed columnist, Eddie Koffeltz. There I am. Yeah, it's so fun. Started last Monday. We talked about, you know, weed. And, uh, you know, <laughs> figure that's a good place to start. And New Year's resolution. Jumped right in there. It's yeah. really fun. It's just a cool way to interact. And we've had a good time with it. So Life 201. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and and for going on the line of announcements as we as we leave, uh, Relevant TV is now two episodes into a new series, the Relevant Originals, where we're taking some of the most compelling content mm-hmm. and articles from the magazine and website, and and reinterpreting it uh, for video and these like two to four minute video experiences. We did uh, Bob Goff, uh, Bob Goff's kind of five ways to live an extraordinary life is our premiere episode. And then this past Monday, we uh, debuted a conversation with Pete Wilson on hope and ha- and that we created a short film around. He's such a nice guy. It was I really love, cool. That was one of my he favorite is. interviews. He is he's, your pastor, he's your pastor, right, John? Looks, Yeah, he is. And he looks like Keith Urban. Yeah. That's cool for him. He's this. such a good dude. So, um, yeah, so check that out. You can find him on the Relevant YouTube channel and also at relevant.tv. Such We'd cool stuff. Love for you to see it. All right, well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Shad for talking to us. Go check out his new album, Flying Colors, which released a few months ago um, at shadk.com and follow him on Twitter at shadkmusic. Um, also, uh, thanks to Don Miller for talking to us and being part of the uh, Relevant Q&A uh, video experience. Uh, if you want to check out his his blogging, uh, apparently, which is very controversial, uh, you can do it at the Storyline blog um, and find out about his Storyline conferences and books and all the other stuff he has going on. Um, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I am Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, call back. I'm John Acuff. Uh, for Chad Michaels Navely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Relevant Podcasts, check us out on Facebook, and get bonus material from this episode at the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And don't forget to check out the magazine. It's available on newsstands and at the iTunes App Store, or you can subscribe online at relevantmagazine.com slash subscribe. This is how you know your city has gone in the tanks. Mythical creatures have taken over.